Right. And you have to to have a project with 30 minutes to 60 and they don't don't say what you have to give in your project. I think they will just see your resume and see if you are uh, I don't know like have uh, staying in cultural work for uh, at least 3 years. Well, at least it's good to know that no matter where you are in the world you're still really, really put in a bad place by this situation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh. And welcome to Passport People, the podcast where we talk to people about the places that matter to them. I am your host, Finn, and today I am joined all the way across the Atlantic on a whole nother exciting continent that we've yet to explore on Passport People. It's Brazil, and it is my wonderful, brilliant colleague, Jeff. How are you, Jeff? Hi, Finn. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. We've got we've got some decent weather in Scotland now, which is, you know, a first after all the miserable cold and wind and rain. So I'm feeling pretty excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. You've, you've Thank ex- you for inviting me. You've exported the weather to us here in, here in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Receive all the sun that I can bring exactly, to you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you've got any more, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take the post that I sent you now. <laughs> Jeff, tell us about you. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Jeff. I'm a director, an actor, and I in a master's degree in creation of the actors in dramaturgy and the scene. And I study uh, Afro-diasporic uh, people and the traumas that the races, racism have in the people, black people have racism. Oh my gosh! Sorry, I'm nervous because you know, thing. I say, I feel, uh, I think you are awesome. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you're awesome, man. You need to interview me, guys. You're awesome. <laughs> I study how racism uh, have these uh, mental issues in black people, and how can we solve these troubles with theater, with the creation. So I do this in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I live here for seven years, but I'm from Brasilia. Brasilia is the the capital of Brazil. Everybody says São Paulo or Rio, but they <laughs> would that was before. And I live here for seven years, and I have my graduation here, my BA here. Now I have in my my masters here. I have one uh, group, Coletivo uh, Egregora. It's a uh, a theater group here with 23 people and we search about performatic uh, the language of performatic in theater dance theater and we do all this stuff that you see when we met together in segovia right yeah absolutely yeah we were i met me in the world congress from iti the international theater institute that i bring one of my my solos, and this solo is Iroko, my universe, and I was to Segovia in Spain, then I was in Brazil, then I go to 
Then I had go to Zimbabwe, to Harare, then I go to Colombia. I travel a lot with this one. <laughs> And, and Jeff is me. Yeah. yeah, and Jeff is the first of many guests this season who we're going to have on from uh, members of the International Theatre Institute and specifically members of our little branch, which is a network of emerging arts professionals. So this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for listeners to learn a little bit more about uh, like-minded emerging artists like myself, like Jeff, throughout the season. And so with all that information in mind, Jeff, where have we chosen to talk about today? We are talking about the region Sudeste. The region Sudeste, it's uh, like the southern region from Brazil. So we will pass through Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo, maybe. We try to talk about Brasilia, that's my, my, my city in the, the, in the center of Brazil. But we are trying to have a tour about the, the power regions of Brazil, the political powers. So, the Região Sudeste is obviously in southeast Brazil. Uh, it is the power region of Brazil. But why did you choose to talk about this region as opposed to just Rio? I think if I, if I have to talk about something, I have to talk about what I do. I do art. So, for talking about art in, in Brazil, we have to talk about the the. Uh, the political and the economic cities on Brazil. And we have this both like Rio and Sao Paulo that it's like the, the most powerful regions on, on Brazil. Now with the, the coronavirus, the, the places that have the most uh, cases in Brazil right now. Uh, because here was the first capital. The first capital was in, in Bahia. Uh, it's in the north, northeast, uh, northwest, <laughs> northeast, and then uh, come from from for São Paulo, and then Rio, and then goes to to Brasilia. Am I right? I think I'm I'm, I'm not right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you grew up uh, in in Brasilia. What? Yeah, I grew up What's there. what's that like? It's dry. Uh, like, we have a president here in 1960s that say, okay, we have to move the capital from, from here because it's a coastal city and we have to develop uh, the center of Brazil. Because in the center of Brazil, just had in this time uh, areas with farms, with, uh, uh, with rainforest and all this stuff. So all the, the economics was in the coastal cities. Uh, that's just because the company, uh, we have the independence very, very, very after all the other countries. So we have to develop other other places. And uh, he, he just taught if he developed a capital uh, far away from here, maybe he can get more money from international companies and all, uh, construction companies like Japan. Japan made the same thing. So in 1961, he just uh, 
he started Brasilia and moved a lot of people for them. So it's like a, a, a immigrant city because everybody who was there, it's just like uh, now we have the first generation of people who was born in Brasilia and was uh, their mothers or fathers was born in Brasilia as well. My mother and my father wasn't not born in that. Was in, my father was in the south and my mother from the north. So Brasilia is the central point of all, all the Brazil. And what is it like then to have grown up in a city that is, is so new? I mean, it, it must feel very, very different to a Rio or a Sao Paulo where the history and the culture has been developed for so many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's very real because um, Brasilia is a small, a small, big town. Is like they they thinking their their thinking their their ways their their uh, everything is more like countryside, you know. But they have like a million people living there, so it's very huge. And either way, it's very small. So really, we have constructs about the the colonization. We have the things of the 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 beginning of Brazil. For me, was huge i think the opportunities here is just because they like have the thinking about nation because here you are in front of all the history all the time like uh they know where they are from in brazil we don't know where that we are from because everything is very new so we go to the oldest building in there they have like 50 years so I don't know. It's like it's huge to 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 have like the cultural impact too because in Brazil we don't have a lot of theaters as well because it's it's new and for this police after building Brasilia we have the coup so the military dictatorship start so uh that wasn't the culture was not the the mainstream that time uh they kill people they kidnap people they exile people and most of the artists was here if we had like brazilia with more five or six years uh without uh like 10 years without the dictatorship maybe the artists from around here was moving from from here for there but uh, I don't know. They started a cultural thing there, like in 1964, 1965. But in 64, they started the, the the dictatorship. So everybody was just going there to make art or leave or stay uh, with a, a kind of way to do it with the dictatorship. Uh, Rules, so I think that just uh, I don't know kill some of the the interests of the other places to make art. In Brazil, it's just a city for a whole region. The region it's like Distrito Federal. It's a federal district, and have a lot of uh, cities, uh, satellite cities. They they name it like satellite cities, but it's more like neighborhoods. But they are independent. They don't have like mayors. It's very different, and these uh, satellite cities, 
is just like they have their, their own rules and they started off nowhere like invasions now they have a lot of it's very development developed but before was a chaos so without this structure they not do not uh, care about the, the education the cultural things and i born uh, in a satellite city so for me leave brazilia to come here is just because there we have this mentality that we just have culture and theater in sao paulo and rio when 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 i come here and start to study all this stuff i i, I could see we have a culture and theater everywhere but this is a very uh it's a elite like a niche right it's very high class thing to do. So in the satellite cities, we didn't have this touch with the things. And now I realize that we have the cultural poles of Brazil. It's here in Sao Paulo. The Nordeste, we have Pernambuco, of course, Salvador. We have the, ar the, the area from cinema. It's uh, around the Northwest. So Brazil is huge and we have a lot of things here, but we have small minds in some places because we we have like consequence from the dictatorships until now. Like Bolsonaro is all, all president <laughs> saying that he loves the dictatorship. So yeah, we are very, very trouble right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, we'll get into it slightly later in the podcast, but uh, yeah, what a... What a messy and complicated political history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had this president who built Brazilia was killed. Uh, the, the dictatorship, uh, the dictators killed him and made like looks like an accident. And wow. even now they did not post in any news and any places recognizing that was a coup and was a murder, not a, an accident. Wow. <laughs> Again, we'll we'll get to that. Um, this this area of Brazil that you've picked is the richest in the country, as you've said. It's it's the power region. It's responsible for sixty percent of Brazil's GDP. What is life like in this region, in the different cities, as opposed to in the rest of Brazil? Because, as you say, Brazil is a huge country. Brazil has one signature, and it's the social dis disequality. You know. Uh, but this is very more uh, evident here in Rio and Sao Paulo, because in Rio, mostly in Rio, because in Rio, you are walking the street and you see one building and one apartment there, it's like two million guys. And then you cross the street and you see a favela, it's like a community. And the favela, it's like the people where the policemen just go up to kill everybody and have the drug wars. So here you can see the contracts about all the social equality in Brazil. In Brazilia, uh, these satellite cities, it's uh, far away and the, the public transport is not very good. So the metro station is very far from each other, the bus is very far from each other, the bus stops. And this bus stops and uh, you take hours in the buses to, to reach where you want to go. 
because everybody everything that was there was planning to poor people don't don't go to rich areas so the rich people can say okay uh poverty doesn't exist that's a myth and we have to kill all the poor people because they are the little piece of this population but uh we are a large uh ranked with poor people and social inequality and in this poverty like in brazil we have 63 63% of uh people who say that it's black uh, or racialized people and we have like 1% of our population have more uh have like 50% of the the pg the G GDP so we have a, a little people with a lot of money and a lot of people with an not nothing like uh, and all of this is like an historical windshield because when we have like these uh freedom of the slavery from princess isabel and everybody here say every white guy here say that she was a hero from the black, black people uh they have like a crisis in brazil that time in the colonization uh brazil was independent from portugal but we had a princess that is portuguese she was the the daughter from dom dom peter ii second and they have a crisis because they was nothing have a lot of money with manufacturing because we have the slavery here and we are like the the second last country to release the slavery here and she was thinking about okay we have people to buy stuff today it's the same thing the, the economic crisis here it's the same thing we need people to buy more stuff because we are a country with manufacturing issues we have a lot of natural things but we have to manufacturing so they release these slaves they pay for the farmers to release these release these leaves so was not like oh, okay let's save the black people they pay the farmers and all stuffs and when they pay the farmers the farmers say to slaves okay now you are on your own so a guy who just live all the, their lives in farms and work and doing all this stuff and receiving food now it's on their own in the whole world and they don't know what to do so some groups uh was going here in Rio de Janeiro to uh we have like a, a hills here high hills here it's not mountains but hills and they start to build like ghettos like favelas and they come down just to work but when the black guys work they receive like three coins and when in the same profession profession the black guy receive like 10 coins so the disequality starts there and it's the same here it's same now like uh, we have black and poor people working for pennies and we have white people who have like heritage heritage of i don't know european guys and portuguese guys having a lot of money because they have opportunities 
in this time to to build something and save money. So this equality is it's it's a huge things here. And Rio, you can see that more than other places. In Sao Paulo, that is very popular because in these other places, in Nordeste, in and Northwest, or the Central West, they travel to Sao Paulo because they have a lot of industry there. They have factories. So they was calling people to work there. So everybody was poor and living in the, the streets, in the middle of the farms and begging. They go there to try to have a, a, a better life, and when they go there, the city just swallow them. It's like Bangkok. <laughs> so it sounds to me like not only is this region the region where all the power is and all the money is, but it's also where all a quite a large portion of the population is. Yeah. Yeah, the, the most part of the population is coming from here. But we have a lot in Northwest as well, because... Uh, I was wrong before. We have three. We have three capitals: the Bahia, and then Rio, and then Brasilia. Bahia in the northwest. So the first cities that was very developed, developed, developed here was Bahia, Rio, and São Paulo because Rio, São Paulo is neighbors, and São Paulo have huge farms of coffee. So they was very rich before. And right now they are very rich as well. So everybody was there to work in the coffee uh, plantations before they slave, uh, after the slavery. And the Northwest have a lot of people, but they, they have like a, a, a real dry time there. So the parts that are very most populous, it's here. Real Sao Paulo. And then we go to the Northwest, but it's very different because when we have the colonization, they, they split the states with captain, we say it's capitanias. The Portugal just split in the small place, small slots of, of land. So Rio and Sao Paulo stay in the same company, uh, in same, almost the same capitania. And it's a huge one because all this stuff with the coffee and, and the port and where was the, the, the palace for the before the, the, the Portugal royalty and after the, the Brazilian royalty. And in the Northwest, they have small ones, so they're not populous because they are it's a lot of states. But if they was one, they will be huge. Yes, I mean, there's so much to go off there. Let's let's zoom in on Sao Paulo a little bit. Sao Paulo is the most populous city in Brazil, the Western Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere, and the Portuguese-speaking world. And yet, I would suggest that most people who are listening have never heard of Sao Paulo. And I am interested if, from your experience or your ideas, you have any idea why... Rio is so much more popular and so much more talked about than Sao Paulo is. We have the beach here. It's <laughs> different than Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, they have buildings and smoke from the factories. Okay, maybe I'm in a bit of... Uh, okay, so it's I'm Copacabana the and the girl from Ipanema, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here, we have samba. <laughs> <laughs> No, 
just kidding, just kidding. It's just about uh, we. If we can talk about international view, what is the most uh, the most powerful thing that we have uh, between the 30s and now that it's just a propaganda from the world? The cinema, the scenes, the movies. So here we have Carmen Miranda had who was to in the 30s to United States on the golden era or era from the Hollywood and was in the movie the Chacha Copacabana. So they made a movie with a Brazilian star that was a, a woman, of course. She was not a, a Brazilian, but she was famous here. She was Portuguese woman. And that was the huge propaganda from all the world before. After that was uh, You Had Been Bahia from Disney, so with Zé Carioca. Zé Carioca is the only character from Brazil who is in the Disney world. So he's like a papagaio. It's like, a, I don't know, uh, how can, can I say that in English? Let me search. Uh, yeah. It's like, a, a, it's a papagaio, it's a parrot. Ah, uh, yes. You know, a parrot? <laughs> yes. It's a green parrot, and he's the Zé Carioca. <laughs> uh, it's something like uh, the Carioca Jack, so he's like maybe a little swaggy with uh, a suit and samba and an old gingado. <laughs> we say gingado, he is with swagness. <laughs> and... He's from real in the history, the Zacarioca history in the Disney, but he's very funny because the, he was made Carioca and, and it's his name is from real Carioca. It's it's like uh, how we talk, uh, how we say who lives in real, who who was born in real. It's Carioca. Wow. You know, so he from a was parrot. From wow. Here. <laughs> huh? From a parrot. To that, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, the name is uh, the, the name of the pirate. It's uh, the Carioca Jack. So wow. he had these Wagner's, and he was in this the, all the movie. Carmen Miranda in this movie too, and they present the Bahia. Bahia, it's a state here, and they present some part of the the Rio de Janeiro as well. So everybody was oh nice. That's amazing. Elrath Beach. And we can go there. But we have a huge trouble in Rio de Janeiro about that because it starts to come a lot of tourists from for Rio here. For here. And this tourist was never just, in that time, was never just a thing of families and all stuff. But guys with a lot of money, we have casinos here. The United States try to build like casinos like one like Havana like uh, they, they try to make in Cuba and they try to make in I don't know other Latin America countries but we say no here and we had problems with uh, child prostitution we had troubles with a lot of things that these movies just sell us like with hot women and hot bitches yeah. Uh, but now we solve these these problems. Like in uh, 2000, when Lula come from the por from the power, 2003, they started to fiscalize more. They he fixed all the images that the the other countries had from Brazil, 
we start to develop. We we grew up to the second uh, 22 position of the ranking of the economic economic uh, country. Wow. We go up to six one. We we made it for G7. Wow. Uh, yeah, we grew up a lot. So, but that had some consequences. That was the the crisis in 2008. We had to, to hand with some issues here. He made it. And then Juma Rousseff take it. She was not a very good uh, administrator. She was not. But she was very firm in her ideals. And because of that, they, they made the coup in 2016. Uh, and we have the first coup here. Now, uh, uh, and then the elections with Bolsonaro. But the, the, this year, this era was the, the best one from Brazil because everything was development and buildings and the cultural, the top cultural investment. Juma Rousseff, uh, in her agenda, had to watch one Brazilian movie for a day. So every day, uh, 36, 31 days of the month, she was... She watched 31 movies. She watched every day in her government one movie, made it for Brazilians in Brazil. And that is amazing because here we have this uh, thought that Brazilian cinema is not the best because <laughs> we have a lot of uh, North American culture and it's very stereotyped uh, things here, like the racism is very high here. Uh, the, the machism, uh, all this stuff, it's very high because all of that, that colonization and dictatorship that we have. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've said, uh, you've off air, well, in the past said some things to me about the Portuguese that uh, make it very, very clear what your feelings are about uh, <laughs> the colonizers of Brazil. <laughs> Oh, so funny. I will I never forget it. Okay, that's Listeners, I'm sorry. That. I cannot repeat what got said, but uh, suffice to say, suffice <laughs> to say, the Portuguese did not get out of it very well. Um, of this racism you you are a theater maker who as you say has traveled the world with your work you've been to spain you've been to zimbabwe you've been to colombia um and you've gone to these places with this message uh that's very very clear in your work it's very powerful work it's very race-centered work which is obviously something that myself and a lot of uh people can relate to how would you say that growing up and living in this area has influenced not only your uh, voice and perspective as a creator, but also your identity. I'm a creator of art. Uh, even if this is theater, I was not in, not, uh, never prepared to, to speak another words uh, without my own. You can speak Shakespeare very well. You can take like speech 
very well, but if you don't know who you are, you can't be anyone else. Everything will be fake. Because the perspective about the characters, it's about who is this character inside you. What's your perspective about this character? That's why we have a lot of Hamlets around there. The Hamlet that uh, interests me is when I watch uh, one actor or one actress. Here, here we have a, a, a huge company uh, who had like play Hamlet with a woman doing Hamlet. And what, what I'm interested in about it, how these words reflect this body. Because this, because this body, it, it's, it's a thing, it's, it's a universe. It's, it's more powerful than just words. Because if I was interested in a word, I was reading the book. So I think uh, all my work is about identity because we lose that. We, we, had, we lost all this concern about who we are in the capitalism, in, in this time, this era that we have to work a lot and running, running around all the time to, to survive. But survive, it's not living. Absolutely. And if you... And, and if you need to, to, to live, you need, you need to know who you are. And for me, it's very touchful to, to, to talk about that because I think that for years, I, I, I doesn't know who was, who am I? I, I, was, I was thinking all day, who am I? And looking through the mirror and don't know who's the images that was reflecting to me. Uh, the racism here is it's so hard that if you leave your hair, they say that you are leaving that because you are a drug addict or you are uh, a thief or a murderer. <laughs> because uh, in the colonization, colonization part, they shave the slaves all the time. So we don't have uh, our, uh, our identity since we arrived here. When the slaves arrived here, they didn't know, uh, they didn't have the documents where they are from. So I can't say where was from my, where my, 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 grandma, my grandmother and my grandfather was from. So if I ask you, Finn, who are you? Where? Your grandmother from where your grandfather's son, uh, <laughs> your grandfather's from. Uh, uh, I don't know where you you can say. I don't know, but yeah, for other places, it's it's different. Yeah, I mean, this is why. I mean, you 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 answered the question initially in the in the sort of first bit of the podcast. But I always ask people where you're from, specifically for for this reason. You know, my uh, my dad uh is grew up in london he had a scottish dad and an english mum my mum had two sri lankan parents but she was born in scotland and then grew up in canada so if you ever meet her in fact uh, episode two of season one of passport people uh she has a very very thick canadian accent that you can hear um i have a british passport and a canadian passport 
I have brown skin, which, you know, defines to the world that I am of South Asian ethnic origin. And then when people ask where you're from, it's always such a loaded question because it's like, I'm considered too coloured to be British. Like, I can't possibly be British British because I'm brown. And uh-huh. I can't possibly be Sri Lankan because if I was Sri Lankan, my skin would be slightly darker and I would be able to speak Sinhalese and I would be able to stand spicy food, which I really, really am not good at. Um, you know, I'm, I joke about it with people a lot. I, I joke that I'm a failed Asian, but, you know, this is, this is kind of what happens when you end up in, in a situation like we are, where the world is just so globalised and everybody wants to put a label on people and say, right, we understand that you represent this identity or this personality or this perspective and that that just doesn't exist and if it's complicated for me I can only imagine how complicated it must be for you or how complicated it must be for people who are of Native American background or even worse what it's going to be like for for our children you know what happens if if you grow up and you marry somebody who is American or is Spanish or is Japanese or I marry someone who's from Brazil or from Africa. You know, it gets it gets so confusing so quickly. I mean, I can say this with my own partner. My partner is French-Russian. So she already has a slightly more complicated background. And I'm just scared for my children because I'm like, how do I explain to a child that they are British, Sri Lankan, Canadian, French-Russian? <laughs> you know, whilst, whilst they are coloured in a white person's country. So I for me I think it's it's the next generation is the, the the most I don't know they will have things that we didn't have it right now my, the, my work of life it's uh, finding ways to show the people who they are where they are from you see about the play you know yeah. So if right now I, I ask you, you say, okay, my mother is from there and my father for them, my grandmother for them. And I can ask you again, where are you from, Finn? <laughs> and I think this will shake your mind and your heart. And maybe you will have a memory from somewhere or somehow of someone. And then you can say, uh, uh, I'm from... I don't know, I'm from here, my bed, or uh, my place is around my mom, or my place is around my partner. You are from a lot of places. We are citizens from the world. <laughs> the white people say, okay, not against white people, but we say, we're talking about that. We're talking like this way. But the whites, the first white people say, okay, if you are, we have this line, and if you cross this line and born here, you are French, and if you cross this line right here, you are, I don't know. So why did I have to respect that and this have to define me? What defines me, it's what I, I look to the mirror and where I feel it, that I have the connection. And the connection is not just with the spicy food or all the things I had, it's, it's like work where I feel comfortable, where is my home? I think it's not about where I, am I from, it's where is my home? But we lost even this question 
So I think our children will have what we didn't have. At least they will have this question, where is my home? That is the question, the most important question at all. Because when you think and realize that we, you, have the be, you want the best for your home, you want the best for where you feel comfortable, Sometimes you are you are from a, a country that just despises you and spits in your face. I live in Brazil. I love I love Rio de Janeiro. I love that's my place in the world. I think my home is here. It's very far away from my family. I love my family, and they are my home too. So whatever when I uh, whatever where I am, where am I, I, I will. I will be with them and I will feel home, but uh, Rio, it's my place to stay right now. And they're spitting my face all the time. And okay, it's okay. Some people just leave because they don't feel that his is, is their places. I feel that in Brasilia, they spit more in my face. <laughs> so I move here because here at least we have more less of racial stuff, uh, more cultural stuff going on, so I can live between stuff. I think I will never live in Sao Paulo because it's a very high crisis neighborhoods. <laughs> we have a lot of white rich people who doesn't respect everybody. So uh, where are you from? I have a, a, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of answers now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I apologize because we're going to make this even more complicated and political now. But I'm now going to ask, and I, I'm sorry to, you know, get this right towards the end of the podcast. In as much as little details you like, who is Bolsonaro? And what has his influence been on Brazil and, and life in the region? If I say that he's an asshole... <laughs> I expect nothing serial. less, Jeff. So, <laughs> why is he an uh, asshole? I, I'm very polite in this this podcast thing. <laughs> me, so I'm a very cursing guy. So <laughs> I couldn't say he's an asshole because everybody will not take me serious. But let's try to be more serious and polite. Bolsonaro starts in the army uh, between the end of the dictatorship. And he was a recruit and then a soldier and then a captain. When he arrived to captain, he starts like uh, some corrupt stuff in the army and he was expelled in the army. Years before, with this newspaper, some guy from a party invites him to, to enter as a congressman. Uh, he arrived in the Congress uh, as a congressman from the district. It's not from the region. It's not about the, the, the federal one. It's a small one. And he spent 27 years in the congressman uh, chair. Because everybody here have to vote, it's uh, obligatory. It's obligatory. So they say you have to vote to this guy, and have a lot of people who don't have like uh, social or political knowledge and vote for uh, a sack of a food 
or for a, a house or for something like that, or a small land, a small part of land. So in 27 years, he was re-elected about this. And now we are, we are suspecting that he was part of militias here in Brazil, so in Rio de Janeiro as well. So he stayed there 27 years with just three projects approved. So 27 years, he, I don't know, I don't know how can you stay in a chair for 27 years and propose, it's not approved, propose three projects. And then he say, okay guys, I am the, I am the, the salvation of Brazil. And he started to attack people, attacked uh, all the, everyone who was uh, against the the far right, and say stuff very, very, very hard, very tough. After uh, between the elections, Bolsonaro was in only one debate. After that, he was never attended because uh, okay. We have what the news say, and we have what I suspected, and a lot of people suspected what have here have been. So he was at in a in a he was visiting a city here, and some guys come in the middle of in the middle of the crowd. He is taking everybody is carrying him in their arms, and in the middle of these, with all the security guards. Someone uh, stabbed here him on the belly, and he used that with excuse to not attend the debates, even when the doctor said he can go to the debates. In the footage, you don't have blood in the shirt. Uh, he had some some previous exams, saying that he had some troubles with his belly. So some guys here uh, think that he faked this this knife and do did uh, the belly the belly surgery that he he wanted. Uh, so we don't know that for sure, but he won just with fake news saying that the the far left was giving the population. Okay, sorry, the words, uh, Jake, uh, he was baby bottle with Jake's, or oh, kids wow. just uh, <laughs> grow up with uh, sexual issues and have to be homosexuals. They <laughs> he says that the far left was disturb, uh, giving to the, the public schools books to, to have sex with women and men's to be to turn to homosexuals they distribute that yeah. the Juma Rousseff had built a huge a uh, huge 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 market like a convenience uh, convenience store with money of the government but after we discovered that was one of uh, Bolsonaro's supporters that built that that thing they say a lot of shit, a lot of things that was wrong. And we, this country is very unequal. So only 50% of the country have internet. So everybody now have like this, this cell phone and WhatsApp. After the elections, 
was proved that Bolsonaro received 10 million reais to use in WhatsApp uh, massive mens messages, and that is illegal because he has to use the, the party funds to fund his campaign, and this money was out of his campaign and was to release fake news. So I think uh, he used like the same strategy that Trump used in the United States. He just used the fake news and say, okay, the journalist doesn't know and doesn't care about the people and blah, blah, blah. They are communists and blah, blah, blah. Right now, we are in the middle of a resection. He, his uh, first act was, he doesn't know nothing about economics. And he say that, I don't know nothing about economics and all stuff, but I have people who knows what they are doing. Uh, all the all the candidates who have like a, a plan of government with 200 pages, pages to uh, 300 pages, he had like slideshow with 24 pages. So we are very in trouble. Uh, right now we don't have like we don't know what to do because he fired the Ministry of uh, Healthcare. And he was the guy who was like, we have to be in quarantine, we have to 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 close everything. And Bolsonaro was against it and say, open everything. Everybody have to be free to 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 work because the economics will be not like the Bilan mayor has so. So we are in trouble. The government don't have money any money now because he just. Uh, pay the congressman to pass some bills in the Congress uh, just for huge companies. He is doing everything we told he was supposed to doing. We have a lot of people who is regretting their 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 position, but we have a lot of people who is just we are in quarantine this weekend. We have a manifestation of these people in the middle of the square and. Bolsonaro was there and coughing a lot. So, guy, I don't know, help me. <laughs> that sounds like a lot, wow. <laughs> if I had the uh, European or Canadian passport right now, uh, maybe I get some vacation, <laughs> even in the quarantine. Well, there'll always be a home for you in Scotland if you can get out of that country. <laughs> Don't, don't worry, I just have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and that, perhaps slightly scarily, brings us on to one of the last questions I have, which is what uh, does the future hold for, for the region? I have one word here. Ha! <laughs> this is the word. No, 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 no. Okay, man. Oh. I think we will be in crisis until 2022. Okay. Right now, the Congress is just getting closer and they are starting to acting. Maybe it will be a coup again, like an impeachment for Bolsonaro, but we don't know how this will be working because from the law, if he is impeached, uh, they want to impeach him this year, but if they impeach him this year, we'll have uh, another elections, but not from the people, but the congressmen's. So they don't want that. The the powerful people don't want that. Sorry. 
the powerful people don't want that. So they are starting to, to, to wait until next year. Because next year, if they impeach the Bolsonaro, the vice one just getting, like Juma Rousseff did. Uh, Temer was the vice of Juma Rousseff, and he just uh, take the hands when she left. So I think in political issues will be in trouble until 2022. It's our next uh, election here. From economic crisis, maybe until that year, because I think this is the first wave. The coronavirus is the first wave. Then will be another wave of coronavirus again. Because when you lock down and you, okay, let's start to to make the people go out again. Uh, we have agglomeration, so maybe we will have trouble with that year. Uh, maybe come back some stuffs, and then we have the economic crisis, global economic crisis, because the manufacturing is closing, factories is closed, the commerce is closed. So uh, I don't know for sure what will be here uh, for us, but it's not so good for us artists. It's the time to create and be creative. We work without money all the time uh, between the wars. We was very spoiled these years without wars, without any very high concerns. So right now it's the time to get all strength together and try to to canalize this for something that's worth it and something to be remarkable on the history that uh, I was in home, my home, but I was creating, I was doing something to, to record this moment because culture is to record the social and political uh, history in another kind of, of way to be accessible for all the people. So I think it's this kind of stuff. And for me, I hope to not cry a lot behind my table. So uh, I think that is the, <laughs> the main concern. <laughs> Always good to stay but optimistic, right now, Jeff. I think, we, I think we, we are getting closer. I think this is just a thing that we have to think. All the stuff that I say, who am I? We have to think things that we didn't think before. We didn't have time to think. And now we have to slow down and look all the picture and say, okay, that is what I was looking for when I was younger. What was my dream? Well, what was my, I don't know, the, the word of my dreams too. I think right now we have the time to reschedule all these stuff and have time to reshape everything. I know it's hard. I know we have people who don't have money or food on the table. If you are in this, if you are listening this, help these people. Trying to buy something more or to share with your community. Look for the elder people who is trying and have more uh, possibilities to take this virus and help them. Send something for them. Send love for another. Uh, another. I think. We was losing love and community thinking. So right now it's the time to reshape everything. 
all the economics and all the system that we have we've had before is not the same right now. And when this crisis passes, the world will be not the same. So, which world do you want it? What world do you want it? So, I think it's your time to decide. I love it. Flipping the question back on our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Take it now. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Jeff. No, I don't think so. <laughs> if I'm coming to the region, if I'm coming to Sao Paulo or to Rio, what is the thing I need to do? While I'm there, you have to call me, my darling. And then come to my house and drink coffee with me. Just kidding, <laughs> babe. You, you know I'm gonna do that you anyway. Know. You can come, in, you know. You have a place in my heart. Uh, so, uh, uh, Rio, São Paulo, and Brasilia is a very different places. I know, this and is you why know, your challenge your challenge is to pick something that goes for the whole region. A region is like one country, and the culture is different as well. So, in the southwest region that we are saying about Sao Paulo and Rio, and we have a, one more state in this region as well, uh, that is Spiritu Santo, but uh, not everybody talk about them. <laughs> uh, it's very countryside, you know. So in Rio, you have the beaches and the natural stuff to do. Nobody cares a lot with things inside. So all the bars, it's for outside to see the sky, to see the green, to see the beach. Uh, we have the sambas and the funk on favelas. And that's amazing how... Uh, favelas made their own culture, like the ghettos in the United States and all, all, all of the places. We have like a different culture and all stuff. We have a, a huge monument too that brings for a time, from a time that was colonized, but now with another uh, way of thinking, you know, about, okay, we know where we are from, but we are other things. And we are better and bigger than that. In Sao Paulo, you have huge gastronomic centers. You have uh, bars as well. And Augusta, that is a party street. Ooh. So they have a, a huge street with parties. In Rio, we have this as well, like Lapa, but it's dirtier. Because in Rio, we are just like swaggers. In Sao Paulo, everybody is just like enterprises guy. I work in a publicity agency. I work in a financial agency. It's like Rio, it's Hollywood. And Sao Paulo, it's uh, New York. You know, it's the same similarities. And they fight each other. Sao Paulo and Rio guys fight each other all the time. Well, that's a brilliant little selection to end off on for uh, people of different tastes and preference. Jeff, thank you so much for being my guest on today's episode. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> wow. I never think that uh, being a podcast will be so exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and listeners, thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back next week talking to somebody else about some other exciting part of the world. Uh, until then, from Jeff and I, goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Passport People. 
The music was by Harry Bongo, and the cover art was by Maya Pires. Learn more about us by visiting our Island Life Productions Facebook page or by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com.